The following podcast contains content which may be triggering to some listeners, including sexually explicit and adult language, sexual harassment, objectification, fetishization, and brief non-graphic mentions of sexual abuse and sexual trauma. Listener discretion is advised. Sex in itself, human sex, not even sex work. People got feelings on that, right? We have all been raised to have our own values and ideology about sex. So when sex becomes a vocation, it's hard to separate individual feelings, morality, ideas around sex and sexuality, which is a very, very personal thing. You know, wrapping your brain around somebody else's view of sex can be a challenge outside of sex work. I do full service sex work as well as an online content creator. I do virtual sex work. I do online on OnlyFans and I sell pictures and videos. I mostly do escort work. I do online sex work with an emphasis on domination. And I exist. I'm a human. Uh, I exist in the world. I'm walking around out in public. I am a real person and I have feelings too. I'm just trying to live my life and have fun. Sex workers are just people with lives and are deserving respect no matter what their line of work is. I grew up watching a lot of old Western movies and a lot of those movies had, you know, the saloon girls and like the brothel workers and the madams working the brothels, stuff like that. And I kind of had that sort of perception of what sex work was. Yeah, I think that there's a negative stigma attached to sex work. When people think of it, they immediately think of prostitutes standing on the street corner looking for drug money. People, they're always afraid of being role models. As sex workers, we're not really considered role models for younger people. A lot of these ideas really are based on what we see in the media and how we see sex workers portrayed in movies and, and understanding some of the historical content, as well as that conflation between sex trafficking and choice-based sex work. We have all been raised culturally, religiously, whatever, to have our own values and ideology about sex. Um, especially when you are a more conservative human yourself around sex or you have some very strong ideas around it. I grew up in a aggressively Christian home. Like, oh my God, it was so bad. And there's nothing wrong with being Christian, but the way that they were teaching it, it was not good, it was not healthy. And a big part of that made me very repulsed to things like sex and my body and things like that. I grew up in the South and I grew up, you know, even though I didn't, I didn't grow up Christian, but I grew up around that kind of world. So I hadn't explored my body sexually in those ways. And if my family find out I'm a sex worker, I'm definitely disowned, mega, mega disowned. I actually used to have a really negative association with sex. I was sexually abused as a child. I processed it a lot in therapy and I've gotten a lot better with it, but something that can happen when you go through sexual trauma is you become hypersexual. So I was very not responsible with that stuff for a long time and I didn't view it in a positive way. And with starting sex work, that has changed so drastically. I'm so much more comfortable with my body. I'm so much more comfortable with other people I started with the BDSM part with my ex-boyfriend and we just kind of experimented a bit and I realized that I really liked it and I wanted to learn more. For me, it's very much about the challenges 
and being challenged into learning about new stuff and trying new stuff. I think that's the most beautiful part of it. There are so many fetishes and interests people have that are just like remarkable, really. It's just a big universe of interesting things. So I want to learn new stuff and try new stuff always. Something about sex work that can be really positive for trans people is, you know, at a time when no one's saying that you're beautiful and people are mocking you every day, having a horde of guys telling you that you're a fucking goddess is so refreshing, you know? And we know that it's all a, kind of a, a little bit of a game there, you know? It's this hyper-reality of playing these characters. Like, they're playing characters, they know that they're playing characters, and I'm playing a character. But in a way to explore my body, there's a powerful, cathartic ritual going on when I dominate these boys. I think there's a deep down part of me that I'm not really fucking these guys, I'm fucking my old boy self. Originally, when I was kind of coming out as a sex worker to certain people in my life, it was sort of this like level of distrust in my own autonomy, like people not really believing that I'm in control or that I might be a victim to something. And that was really frustrating to me because not only does that kind of perpetuate this idea that sex workers are these poor victims of sex trafficking. But then it also sort of takes away from actual victims of sex trafficking and, and sort of just puts a blanket over all of us um, and, and, and makes us all the same when in reality, victims of sexual trafficking, like they, they need help, like they need support and they also don't need to be made to feel like they're less than. In any industry, there's trafficking and, and that needs to, to end, but don't compare slavery with somebody who's willing to do that work and wants to be in that industry. Sex work is a huge fuck you to the patriarchy. It's women taking back the power. Men have been so used to women being available to them for sexuality, being viewed as an object and something to use and something to control. And when women come together and feel empowered by sex work, and not everybody does. There are a lot of survival sex workers. There are sex workers who hate what they do, but they know that it's the money they need right now, or it's the situation that allows them time off for X, Y, Z. But for those of us who find it empowering, we get to take control and choose how our sexuality is used and not have it used against us. Just because somebody has sex for free and somebody has sex for money, it makes no sense that one is okay and one is not. I never did well having a boss. <laughs> I like having that sense of independence and sex work does give me a sense of independence and what it does for me personally is now that i've returned back to my other profession i do not feel beholden to those institutions anymore because if they piss me off or they even fire me i don't care because i got a bunch of money over here and i have a good community and structure their meritocracy doesn't mean shit to me their games don't mean shit, but I used to be. It was life or death and I was playing the rat game of scrambling with people and this is different. And now I have this kind of real autonomy. I never once have ever felt like overall that I've ever been more degraded like when I was a server. 
there are those of us who have multiple diplomas on the wall and choose this work because it is fun. It gives us a lot of freedom, both in time and activities. And I worked in customer service and I had to put up with so much crap and so much abuse from so many people. Well, now when somebody's lippy, they get blocked, they get banned and they get a hell of a lecture beforehand. And they get to realize that you have to talk to other people like they're people. Anybody that we interact with and understanding that we're humans, we're doing a job, we are a business. We do all our own bookkeeping, tax type stuff. We do an income tracking. We do all our own marketing. We do all our own creative. We're doing the photo shoots. We're doing the hair, the makeup, the outfits, the setting of the backgrounds, the taking of the pictures, the editing of the pictures. We're having to write copy to go with ads and videos and pictures. We do everything ourselves. When you look at kind of any small business, we're doing all of that. And it's such a physical, emotional, and mental job because you can't just do one of those three. You've got mail. At the beginning of the pandemic, many sex workers started to try to do more online work. I had to completely pivot all of my work to online. I started offering my long distance girlfriend experience, which was, you know, phone calls, video calls, sexting packages. I offered um, a pen pal package. I would write love letters to my clients and send photographs in the mail. I did that for quite a few months. And then in the summertime, I opened back up again, uh, like a soft open <laughs> for very select clients for a few weeks to a couple of months. And then uh, I had to shut everything back down again with this most recent wave of numbers. I watched the online industry go through huge shifts because all of a sudden now the industry is being inundated from both sides. And by both sides, I mean both clients and providers. So a lot of providers that traditionally were doing in-person work or maybe had sort of dabbled in online now found themselves fully jumping on board in the online world. Both people that had been in sex work before and people who had never touched sex work. So the industry got inundated with a lot of new providers. At the same time, with more and more people working from home, there was actually way more demand for the industry as well, because now people could jump on a campsite and quickly jerk off while they're on their break while at home, who maybe weren't brave enough to do that in the office. Originally, when I started doing online content creation, I was using OnlyFans, um, pretty, pretty popular this year. I think a lot of people kind of jumped onto the OnlyFans bandwagon, which is great. It sort of normalizes and destigmatizes sex work for me, so that's awesome. And then as for social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and then more recently, TikTok as well. Social media is very helpful, but there has been quite a few crackdowns lately. A lot of creators have had like their whole accounts taken down and like had to completely redo their whole thing on Instagram. The silencing of sex workers on these platforms is growing and growing. Instagram's cracking down on what they consider nudity. It's totally fine if a Kardashian has nipples and ass cheeks out, but sex workers get banned for being in fully covered lingerie. Especially on Instagram, I'm always afraid of my pictures getting taken down and it's actually happened a few times where I tried to put out the pictures and they just immediately got deleted. You kind of have to 
go to a social media site and kind of relearn what their terms of service are and figure out what you can and can't post. I learned a long time ago that even with Twitter, I was being shadow banned for any sort of um, nudity and more sexual content. So I just decided on Twitter that none of my photos would be nude. And then going over to Instagram, it was even tamer. You had to be even more careful with nudity and sexual content. I had to get a little bit more creative with um, different ways that I was covering up my body on Instagram. You know, of course, the usual things of like uh, using emojis to block out your body parts. We mess with the wording or, or, or the spacing of the letters so the algorithm doesn't catch it and grab it. And then with TikTok, you really can't have anything be explicitly sexual. You kind of have to have some innuendos there and nuance a little bit more. Um, can't really explicitly say that you're a sex worker. I, I see a lot of girls kind of changing the spelling. Instead of saying only fans, they'll say that they're on only friends. And then people kind of just have to assume that what that means. Um, the term accountant our sex workers kind of got coined this year where a lot of us just kind of put quotations around uh, the word accountant or like, I'm a, I'm a spicy accountant. I really miss the human contact because, you know, people just want to be with someone and they're lonely, you know, and I'm there to make their day a little bit better and make them happier. And I miss that. I miss learning about their lives and just getting to know people. I don't do that through the internet as much. People are much more isolated right now because of the pandemic. There has been an increase in people who just want to feel companionship in a connection, even through a digital world, whether it's through two cameras, whether it's through them watching one camera, whether it's through phone, whether it's through girlfriend experience texting packages. So you feel like you have somebody checking in on you throughout the day and you feel that connection. When the world is chaotic and life is super stressful, we all need to have somewhere we can escape that from every now and then. A lot of these clients are paying for this and they're doing this because they haven't been able to find that connection with other people. And because this is our job, we're good at it. We can find those places where people are vulnerable. And sometimes that means like after it's over, I have some grown man crying on top of me because it was just really intense. And that's okay. And that's fun. Like those sessions are good because like, I, I get it. There's that emotional connection. That was big. Whatever that was, you had to let that go. So much of that can become very, very therapeutic, not just through sex in general, but specifically through sex work because you're looking for a specific person that can specifically cater to your needs. We are healthcare practitioners as much as a masseuse, as much as a physiotherapist, as much as any kind of doctor, because we're covering sexual health, we're covering general connection, human touch needs. We're also therapists to a great number of our clients in any various number of ways. And we end up having a lot of times really long-term relationships. I think people are often surprised to hear about how in-depth the connection between sex worker, service provider, and a client can be. Again, whether it's in person or whether it's digital, you're sharing deep, intimate parts of yourself, especially for someone like myself, who specializes in a lot of unique fetishes and kink work. These are people that have been told their whole life or felt their whole life a lot of shame around what either arouses them or gets them off. And they have a space to explore that with no judgment 
I'm not gonna work with every fetish, but even if I get one that makes me really uncomfortable, I'm never gonna make them feel shame for it. I'm just gonna say, I'm not the right person for you and I wish you luck in finding whoever is. But it's why I have so many regulars because they get to take the mask off. They get to get rid of the shame and they just get to give in and feel pleasure and acceptance. And so they get to be their authentic selves in a way that they usually can't with other people, even lifelong partners. My hope is that when people come to sex workers and they get treated with so much respect and acceptance, that you know, the next time they're at a party and somebody makes a disparaging dead hooker joke, maybe they'll speak up. <laughs> I don't expect everybody will, but my hope, and I do have these conversations with them sometime, is you guys need to be the ones that are making the change as individuals. If you hear somebody making horophobic jokes using terminology that they shouldn't be using, um, slurs towards people in my community, I encourage you to stop them and correct them. And if you have somebody that you love that is a sex worker, that is like the number one way to help end stigma for your loved one in this community is to actually correct people and tell them that it's not okay to refer to us as whores and hookers and prostitutes and you know we, we don't like to be referred to in those ways and it actually harms us more than anything so yeah <laughs> that would be that would be amazing if everybody could sort of be a little bit more mindful with the language that we use in day-to-day -day. the last thing we need is another documentary from old white women trying to save sex workers because they think that we're all victims and they refuse to actually talk to the people involved and understand some of us love this work and believe we were meant to do this work because we are actually incredibly healing to a lot of people. When it comes to sex workers and sex worker rights, the most important people to speak to and who should be involved in those decisions are the sex workers themselves. The community is strong, they're knowledgeable, they're educated, and they know what they want. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to I'm an Accountant, Sex Work in a New Age, created by me, Sarah Laudenbach. This piece is a part of Fixed Point Arts and Media's Points of Empathy project, made possible by the Canada Service Corps. Thank you to everyone who allowed me to share their experiences in this podcast, including Morgan, Lula Blue, Prince of Punk, Sultry Miss M, Ava Pop, Karen Jackson, Shift Calgary, and Athena Rose. Special thanks to Will, Maddie, and Charles of the Empathy Squad for their guidance and support.